You know, uh, very loud this morning. Growing up, I was the kid that no teacher wanted in their classroom. That's because growing up, I was the class clown. I loved to talk. I loved to make uh, my fellow classmates laugh. Uh, I never failed every time parent-teacher conference would come around. The parents, the, my parents would go in, and the teachers would say, you know, Zach, he's not a bad kid. He's not disrespectful. He's not mean. He just won't stop talking. And then I would get grounded, and my desk would get moved closer to the teacher's desk. And also, growing up, I was a very unorganized student. We had those desks where you had an individual desk, and it lifted up, and you could put the books and your papers inside that. And my desk was always a mess. I mean, there would be paper sticking out every which direction. There's no clue where anything is. And I remember one day in second grade, we had to get a certain assignment or book out of the desk. And I'm looking through, looking through, and I can't find whatever it is we're supposed to get out. And my teacher was so upset. She made me stand up. She picked up the desk. And, you know, me as like an eight-year-old, I thought she was like the Hulk. You know, she picks up this desk throws it into the hallway and made me sit out in the hallway and organize and clean my desk and I couldn't come back in until it was perfect. And over 20 years since then, some things have changed about me and some things have not. I still love to talk, only now I've managed to find a way to find somebody to pay me a salary to literally talk. So it's kind of worked out in my favor. But I'm actually very organized now. Even though as a student growing up, I kind of had stuff all over the place and didn't know where things are. Now as an adult, I'm extremely organized. I color coordinate everything. I have a location for everything. I know where everything's at at all times. I label things. I label all my files in my office. I label all my files on my computer, all my emails. I don't delete any emails. I save them all. I label them all. I organize them all. I've turned into an organizational freak. But the labeling part has been one of the best things for me when it comes to being organized and knowing where stuff's at. If you can create a system and have labels and, and know where things are, it kind of helps your brain like shortcut and know where stuff's at just by seeing the label. The problem with the labeling thing is when we take this concept of labeling, we use it on people. And we look at people and we label them based off different things in their lives. And when we start to do that, we start to kind of make some assumptions about people. We make, make some judgments about people. They might be good judgments. They might be bad judgments. But they're things we don't necessarily know. We're just kind of assuming based off a label that they have. We can take any one of your lives, any one of your lives, and we can label everything about you. The good bad labels, the bad labels, the indifferent labels. And we can kind of form an identity of who you are based off a bunch of labels. Some labels in life were given and others we earn over time. One of the labels that were given in life is the label of your last name. Your last name is a label for you and you are given that when you were born. And for some of you, that's been a good thing. You were born into a good family. Maybe you're happy about the family you were born into and you were raised by. And maybe your last name, that label, 
worked out well for you because it meant that your family had some money or maybe you had more opportunities growing up. Maybe you got to do some things that maybe classmates didn't get to do. And maybe your family has a good reputation. Wherever you're from, whatever community you grew up in, maybe your last name was a good last name to have. And it made people look kind of positively on you based off of what your last name is. And for some of you, maybe that label has worked against you a little bit growing up. Maybe your last name didn't have the best reputation behind it in the community. Maybe it didn't mean you came from money. Maybe it means you were a lower income family. Maybe it means you had to work harder. Maybe you missed out on some opportunities. I don't mean you don't love your family, but maybe that label of your last name worked against you a little bit. When you're born, you're also given the label of the gender that you are. And that gender, good, bad, indifferent, is all a label, and it says where you're at in life. Maybe you had the label of being rich, maybe you had the label of being poor, maybe you have the label of being educated. And, that, and that's a label that you've earned over time in life. Maybe you worked hard in school, maybe you went and got degrees, maybe you're, you would consider yourself educated, good, bad, or indifferent, but it's a label that could describe you. Maybe you're on the opposite end of that. Maybe you would say, no, I'm uneducated. Maybe I don't have the best education. Maybe I didn't get to go to the certain schools or, or do whatever or have these degrees like some people do. Maybe you have the label of uneducated in life. Growing up, you have different interests. You have different likes and dislikes, and you try different things, you get involved in different hobbies and things, and maybe you found out you're a musician. You're somebody who loves to play music or you love to sing, and that, that's a label, that's a thing we could put on you and say that person is a musician. It helps us describe some other things about you as well. Maybe you would say you're an athlete, or at this point in most of our adult lives, we're used to be athletes, right? And we're more like uh, lazy boy athletes. We sit in our recliner, and we think we know everything about whatever sport we're watching. But we love sports. And that describes maybe a little bit about your personality. Good, bad, or indifferent. But it's a label that we could use to describe you. Also, at some point in your life, you chose a career. And that career can tell us a lot about who you are as a person. Certain people, certain personality types pick certain fields of work to go into. So maybe your career tells us a lot about you. That label. I know for me as a pastor, that's a label in my life. It's a pretty big label for a career. Anytime I'm out in public and I could be talking to a complete stranger, having a great conversation about the weather, about anything, any small talk, and I know the question's coming. Because anytime you meet somebody new or you're first starting to get to know somebody, one of you will ask, hey, what do you do for a living? And every time that question comes up, I know the mood in the room is going to shift. Because as soon as I say, oh, I'm a pastor, there's going to be a reaction. There's going to be something that changes in the atmosphere of the room. Usually they're going to apologize for stuff. Like they're sorry they said a certain word or did a certain thing or whatever, you know. And I'm always like, you're totally fine, you know. But it's a label. The career you have or the career you used to have, that's a label for your life, good, bad, or indifferent. Maybe throughout time, throughout your life, you've earned the label of being responsible. You're somebody who people can depend on, people can trust you to get the job done, and you now have that label of being a responsible 
person. Maybe you're hot-tempered. That's the label that you have. You're known to fly off the handle at people if somebody makes you upset. Maybe you have the label of being immature, and that's the way that people view you because of different things that you've done. Uh, Maybe you have the label of being selfish, or being an addict, or being blue-collar. There's all kinds of labels in our lives, some that we're given, some that we earn over time. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them are indifferent. But we could take any one of our lives and label us. And that could be really dangerous to do. Because labels are really, really powerful. But at the same time, labels are meaningless. Today I want to look at Paul. If you're familiar with Paul, he lived in Old Te- or New Testament times, excuse me, and he wrote a lot of the New Testaments, and we are going to literally label Paul this morning. We're going to look at Paul's life, and we're going to come up with all of the labels that we can to kind of describe who Paul is. We're going to be in the book of Philippians, and the book of Philippians was actually a letter that Paul wrote to a church in Philippi, and the people there were called the Philippians. And then years later, when they made the Bible, they found a bunch of letters to to include in the Bible. And so now they call it the Book of Philippians, but it's really just a letter that Paul wrote to a group of people. And in Paul's letter, he flat out tells people, here are my labels in life. Here is who I am. If you were going to make labels about me, here they are. And it's in Philippians chapter 3, and it starts in verse 5. Paul says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law a Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. Paul says, if you want to know about me, here are all of my labels. So here's Paul, circumcised. This was according to Old Testament law in Leviticus. This is what you were supposed to do if if you were going to follow God and be one of God's people. Paul says, even right away, early on in my life, I checked that box off. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That's my label. He says, Israel. I'm I'm part of Israel. Okay, this is like from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's saying, like, I am part of the correct line of people. I, I am from who I'm supposed to be from. This is like a badge of honor for me. This is one of my labels in life. He says, I was from the tribe of Benjamin. Tribe of Benjamin, in this day and time, people were from different tribes. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. This is a really important tribe. It's the tribe that has the first king, King Saul. It's also the tribe that at the time had the city of Jerusalem. So this is a pretty important tribe. And he's saying, hey, like I'm from the right tribe. Like That's how great I am. That's another one of my labels. He says, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm not just a Hebrew. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. That's how great and awesome I am. If you're a Harry Potter fan like I am, you'll understand this. He's saying, like, I am a pure blood. I am from an all-magic family. Like, I'm pure blood. I don't have, like, half and half. Like, I have exactly what I'm supposed to have in my DNA and in my family line. That's how great I am is what Paul's saying. He says, I'm a Pharisee. Pharisees were the elite of the elite. 
These are the, 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 the smartest people as far as religion goes, as far as the law goes. These are the people who have been studying for years and years. He's like, I am part of the innermost circle. I'm the elite people at the time. He says, I've got zeal. I've got passion. I've got energy. I've got work ethic. Whether I'm doing something right or wrong, I'm all in. And I'm working hard. And I have passion. I show up ready to go every day. This is a label that I have. He even goes as far as to say, as according to the law, I'm blameless. I am blameless, is what Paul says. He says, like, that's how good I am. As far as the do's and the don'ts of Christianity, I hit a home run. Like, I am that good. This all boils down to, like, if we had a draft of all the people in the world, Paul would be the number one overall draft pick. He would have went first overall. He would have already had a contract with Nike and Gatorade. He is Paul, and he is at the top of the class. And this was all Paul's childhood and kind of his young adulthood. This is where he was kind of at in life. And, and this stuff's not in the text, but I imagine being another person or a fellow classmate or another boy in that town growing up, what would, what would my opinion of Paul be? When I looked at Paul and I see he comes from the perfect family, he's got everything right, he's you know, Hebrew of Hebrews, and he's got the perfect education and everything's great, I'm willing to bet there were probably some people who thought he was arrogant. I'm not saying he was, but I bet there were some people who would have thrown that label on him. and would have said, you know what, this guy's pretty arrogant. He thinks he's just the top of the world. He thinks he's doing everything right. He thinks he's just so awesome. There's probably some people who also thought he was very entitled. When you have everything in life growing up, it's easy to feel entitled, like I just am supposed to get what I want. And Paul, growing up, kind of had that life. He's got everything right. He's checked all the boxes. I could see where maybe he would feel entitled. But Paul also had some labels that were maybe not as good in life. You know, when we look at Paul's life up until now, what he's talking about, his life was great and perfect and awesome. But we, most of us, know the rest of the story. Paul did some things that really he should not have done, and obviously at the top of that list was Paul was a murderer. That is a label that Paul wears. He's a murderer, and not just a murderer, but a murderer of Christians, a murderer of people who are following Jesus and who are trying to spread the gospel. Paul has the label of being a murderer because of choices that he made. And if we look at the rest of Paul's life, and if you know the story, then God chooses Paul even after he's a murderer. He chooses Paul to become a leader in the church. He chooses to save his life. He chooses him to go out and preach the gospel. And so Paul, throughout the rest of his life, he earns some other labels. He learns the, uh, earns the label of leader because he's a leader in the church. He's a pastor. He's a missionary. He's a writer. He wrote most of the New Testament. So this, this is Paul. Good, bad, indifferent. Labels that are accurate. Labels that are maybe thrown on him from other people that maybe shouldn't be there. This is who Paul is. And what I want you to see this morning is the next two verses we're about to read. Because it's the key to this whole thing with labeling people. In the very next two verses, verse 7 and 8, Paul says this. 
but everything that was a gain to me I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ. This is why I love the Bible so much. Paul says, all of this stuff, all of these labels, it's all dung. It's all worthless. It's all garbage. The only thing that matters is Christ. All that matters is that I get to know Christ more and that I live for Christ. Paul says life is about living for Christ. He actually says that phrase a few chapters back in the same letter. He says, to live is Christ. He says, you could take all the labels, the good labels that I have, the bad labels that I have, and they're all garbage. Because the only thing that matters is that I live for Christ. And from this story about Paul, I learned two things. And number one is Paul was able to see beyond his labels. Paul was able to look past the labels that he had in life. He didn't act like they weren't there. He didn't ignore them. He didn't try to make them not to be true anymore. He acknowledges them, but he chooses to see beyond them. He grew up in the perfect family. He grew up with the greatest education. He grew up checking off all the boxes. But he says, all those good things about me, all those things that I've earned, all the accomplishments, all the stuff that are supposed to be like badges of honor in life, he says, it's all worthless. None of it matters. Because the only thing that matters is Christ. And he says, all the bad labels in my life, the fact that I've turned my back on God over and over again, the fact that I'm a murderer of Christians, all of the bad labels, they don't matter either. They're not going to hold me back. I'm not going to stay focused on them. I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going to be worn down. I'm going to choose to see beyond those labels. So Paul was able to see beyond his labels, and I think the other thing we learn is that God was able to see beyond his labels. God was able to see beyond Paul's labels. Because if you remember, Paul is a murderer of Christians before God ever puts him to work in the kingdom. And when God looks down on Paul, even though he's in the middle of being this ringleader of murderers of Christians... God says, I choose to see beyond that label. And I choose to use you for my kingdom anyways. And so when it comes to our lives, we could take any one of us and put our lives up here in labels. We could look at your last name, your family's reputation, your bank account, your talents, your interests, the awards you've earned in life, the education you have, the badges of honor that you wear in life. And we can look at all the bad things you've done, all the labels that we could assign to you that are maybe not so great, that maybe come with some baggage, that maybe bring up some other uh, things that aren't great about maybe who you are or what you're like. We can look at your life, but the key for you is to see beyond your labels. It's a hard thing to do in life. 
to acknowledge the good, the bad, and the ugly about who you are and about the labels that you have. Maybe some of them are accurate. Maybe some of them people have thrown on you and you don't really deserve them. But can you see beyond your labels? Instead of being arrogant and prideful because of the good things you've done, or instead of being super negative and playing the victim because of bad things that have happened to you or bad things that you have done, can you see beyond your labels in life so that you can live for Christ? And the most important thing I want you to get this morning, if you get nothing else, is that God can see beyond your labels. God can see beyond every label that you have in your life. The labels that are good about you, the labels that are bad about you, the labels that are ugly about you, God can see beyond those labels. And he can choose to use you in his kingdom anyways. And so the trick for us is to be able to see beyond our own labels and to see beyond each other's. And really, that's what we desire as a church. We really do desire to be a church where no matter who you are, good, bad, indifferent, whatever type of life you've lived, you could be a part of this community and people will see beyond your labels. We desire to be a place where you can come and be a part of and have community and connection and to not have anybody judge you or look at your labels and throw you out because of them. Can you imagine being part of a community where you could feel loved and feel accepted no matter what labels you have in life. That's the community we desire to have around here, and that's the community we continue to strive to have around here. Because we should all be able to see beyond our labels. Because God can see beyond our labels. Let me pray for you this morning. God, we, we thank you for and we thank you for being who you are and for being able to you know, look at our lives and I mean, you see the good things, you see the bad things, um, you see the labels that you know, we've chosen for ourselves, you see the labels that people have just thrown on our lives and maybe we don't like that they're there. You see the things we struggle with. And despite all of that, you choose to see right through those labels and to see beyond them and to see the potential that we can have in life. And you choose to love us, and you choose to allow us to serve in your kingdom, and we are grateful for that. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.